0: We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike, to take you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. On our Oakland Heart jewelers talking text line from the advocate covering Yellow LSU Fighting Tigers, Wilson Alexander. Wilson, I knew what the front story was going to be today. Bo Davis leaving Texas to come to LSU, and then bang, right at 4 o'clock. Nick Saban uh, decides to uh, retire from University of Alabama. But before we get with Nick, uh, that was a big catch to get Bo Davis. Uh, I know a little bit about the inner working, with that he was Brian Kelly's number one guy. It's It's been a little while. They've had some conversation. And I think Bo was sort of torn a little bit about if he should go and if he shouldn't or not. But, you know, he does have a son that's at Southeastern Louisiana. He's I think that was LSU. a big part of it. Uh, and to get Bo, who is an elite technician coach and also a tremendous recruiter, that was a big, big catch uh, for Brian Kelly.
2: This is absolutely a critical hire and one of the most critical hires that Kelly was going to have to make this offseason on the defensive line with what LSU is dealing with right now there in terms of who's coming back next season after Mason Smith and Makai Wingo declares and the lack of roster uh, numbers purely and also experience in depth. Um, LSU really needed to nail this one. And it went out and got one of the most respected defensive line coaches in the country and Bo Davis, somebody who spent a lot of time with Nick Saban's staff. Saban, of course, retiring today. And then, you know, he's also built up that Texas line over the last few years into one of the best units in the country, is what Tavondre Sweat and Murphy were like this year over there. That was one of the reasons they made the college football playoff for the first time. And, you know, he's a guy who obviously is an LSU grad, uh, has spent time at LSU before, and now LSU is getting him back to be the defensive line coach. And, uh, you know, this is something that they've been, they've been working on for a while, trying to get it done. It seems like maybe this had cooled off a little bit here recently, but LSU was able to end up landing him um, you know, it's never over till it's over in coaching and they end up hiring their guy uh, to really try to solidify a position that has gone through quite a bit of turnover really over the last decade. But in particular, over the last few years, LSU has not had any sort of stability at defensive line in terms of who's coaching, and now with Bo Davis, maybe it finally will have some.
0: And uh, listen, Wilson, I'll give you. I want. I'm to give you credit. You were the one who broke that story initially. So congratulations on that. Well, Bob. well,
1: well Wilson hustles. Uh, well, Wilson's a hustler. Wilson's a hustler, uh, man. I, I, I like that. Now, no, no, Wilson. <laughs> now, no, uh, then turn that
0: in, well, well, in good terms. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we, we don't want that to come <laughs> out bad, Wilson.
1: Right. No, he he he, like, he, he, he works at a high level uh, with his craft, uh, his ability, but. Wilson, you can be a great coach. You still got to get players. <laughs> that, you know, when well, now it's a good time transfer portal. Uh, you look at who's coaching you and all that. Uh, LSU should be able to entice a couple of guys to transfer now, right? Especially I mean, defensive line. Yeah, that's what I'm saying on the on the defensive line because we need that. Because come on, uh, we all want the defense at least to be middle of the pack, but it all starts up front. Uh, So what's your take on that, Wilson, about uh, will we be able to convince? You know, you got Juco guys, this and that, but you never have enough and who you put in the rotation. They don't want to be in a bind like when Mason Smith got hurt against Florida State. What, we had three guys in a rotation? No, that's not a winning formula. So what do you think we're going to do? You think uh, that's something that uh, we're going to get it done by the time uh, when it counts, that you're going to have enough D-line in the rotation and obviously have the players who can get it? done so seems like transfer portal boy uh, what better team than the lsu fighting tigers if you're a stud d lineman to be able to get exposure and contribute at a high level
2: when brian kelly was asked about defensive tackle on the first day of the early signing period why lsu hadn't really gone after a transfer very heavily he was said that it was for two reasons one they liked what they hadn't shown washington the juco transfer and two they felt good about retention The retention piece of that has not panned out at all. Um, Mackay Wingo and Mason Smith both declaring for the draft. Um, You know, LSU now only has five defensive tackles on the roster right now going into next season Jacobin Guillory, assuming he comes back, Jalen Lee, Dominic McKinley, Sean Washington, and Demirion Johnson. That is two players who returned but did not have big roles last season. You know, Jacobin Guillory had 27 tackles, He, he was not a starter. And then, you know, Sean Washington is going to have to make that step up from junior college and two freshmen who are are ready to play as freshmen. It's hard to be able to rely on that. So LSU, you know, absolutely is going to have to change its approach here and probably go into the portal, unless it was somehow able, you know, to get Mason Smith to change his mind or something like that, Um, you know, because obviously he made his decision before LSU had landed Bo Davis. Then, you know, even, even then, you know, you're still looking at a position that is very thin right now, in a position that you would prefer to have some semblance of a rotation, um, so the guys aren't getting worn out. You know, Makai Wingo got absolutely worn out during the 2022 season playing as much as he did. and LSU managed to kind of get by, but by the end of the day, you could tell that up front it was uh, it was starting to really trail off because they were they were exhausted by the end of that season because they didn't have any depth behind them. And so um, this is an absolute need. How LSU is going to do it, we'll have to see. You know, the transfer portal is closed now; nobody else can re-enter. Obviously, anybody who is currently in the portal, LSU can go after. Um, the SC, you know, if you 're going to find someone in the SEC that has to be done by February first um, alabama 's players now have thirty days to enter the transfer portal window i don 't know if LSU would go after anybody there, but that 's just something to keep in mind and then of course, the transfer portal will reopen again in the spring. Usually, your big crop is kind of at the beginning you know it 's kind of this time of year, that first transfer portal window, but lSU is probably going to need to take advantage of that opening up again there after spring ball because it is going to have to get some more players there on the defensive line.
1: Now, uh, Wilson, what is your take? Because, you know, it does matter how a staff uh, works together. Uh, When you look at Blake Baker and Bo now, uh, and obviously you only have one Alpha Dog, who's a defensive coordinator, and there's a lot of experience there. What's your take on that when you're putting your staff together and still uh, LSU fans are concerned on the back end? Uh, who's uh, you know going to contribute in the secondary.
0: Yeah, basically what he's asking, the cornerback safeties coach. Right, right. It's right. exactly. so relevant today because <laughs> yeah. the way the game is played, right. the pitch and catch part of it.
2: Right. Yeah, LSU, I think Corey Raymond is still very much in the mix to come back as uh, most likely the cornerback coach. I think Brian Kelly would probably split that up still as cornerbacks and safeties, uh, but that has not been done yet, obviously. And so we'll see kind of where that ends up. But I think he is certainly someone to be considered for that spot and who has interest in the job as well. Um, So keep an eye on maybe his name for that position. Um, But, you know, we'll kind of see what the other ones end up being. You know, LSU sort of has gone about this, um, you know, getting the defensive coordinator hired done and in place and getting Bo Davis, who is very high on their list of priorities, done and in place. And now kind of going through the rest of the list because it's, you know, cornerbacks, safeties. And then you've still got a couple things to do on the offensive side of the ball as well with your offensive coordinator. You know, LSU, I think there's a very strong likelihood still that LSU promotes internally for that position, but we'll have to see. And that has to get determined. And then, you know, tight ends coach as well. And so um, they've got, you know, at least a couple of of the most critical decisions made here already with Blake Baker and Bo Davis. And that is certainly a good starting point as they continue to go down the road.
0: Wilson, I think that – we're talking about maybe with Joe Sloan being elevated. I think there was maybe some concern that the wide receivers coach kind of pitching catch game guy, he might have went to Alabama because that was an opening there uh, at the University of Alabama. Not as real opening there, uh, so to speak. But I think Joe Sloan's the guy uh, uh, to take over as the offensive coordinator at LSU.
2: Yeah, Joe is somebody who checks quite a lot of boxes. You know, he doesn't necessarily have the experience calling plays that Mike Dimbrock had when he came over as the offensive coordinator, you know, under you know, the Kelly's first hire that he made. But he's been the, an offensive coordinator a couple of years at Louisiana Tech, and then he obviously did a pretty good job there in the bowl game. You know, it's not that entire offense is going to be coming back. They're going to have to really find figure out a lot at wide receiver. Um, you're going to need Caleb Jackson most likely to step up at running back. Um, but, you know, you got your quarterback in Garrett Nussmeyer, and you've got an offensive line that seems to be remaining intact. Uh, for the most part, going into next season. And with what he did in the bowl game, uh, with what was you know available to him at the time, was a pretty strong showing. And it should, pro- you would think, with an offseason, to really work with Garrett and work with the other weapons that they have, um, some of those hiccups at the beginning of the game, you think, would be able to get ironed out to a degree. And so, you know, he's somebody who's also really proven himself already as a recruiter, getting Bryce Underwood over the weekend, and as a talent developer with what Jaden Daniels did from year one to year two at LSU. And so... He's somebody who LSU absolutely wants to keep on staff and I think is under consideration for that role. And maybe LSU ends up in a situation where it, you know, elevates Cortez in some way as well. We'll kind of have to see how it works out because they absolutely want to keep him too, you know, with, with the way that he has recruited and developed talent at the wide receiver
0: Assistant head coach. Got the title. Well,
1: I think Frank Wilson's already had that.
0: Okay, has well, that, well, he that, can. That, you can have two of them like that, Wilson. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, and yeah. yeah. it, it, it's, it's so Wilson um, – I don't know. Uh, To me, you never want to beat a man to replace the man, whether it's a quarterback or the head coach. I just look at, you know, reflecting back on Marino with the Dolphins and then John Elway, and then finally they had to go old school and get like Peyton Manning to come because the young guys weren't working out. But when you look at Alabama now, whoever's replacing Nick Saban, I mean, you look at Kirby Smart. Okay, look at his situation because uh, you know, everyone has a mentor. You look at Kirby Smart, his situation now with Georgia, and then you look at Lane Kiffin. To me, you know, I think would we'll for sure have success at Alabama, Lane Kiffin. I think Kirby Smart might uh, he might also, but I look at Lane Kiffin and his offensive of mind where he's at. I think that could be the number one guy now. Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, no, he don't embrace. The whole transfer portal, name, image, and likeness. Maybe five years ago, but I, I'm intrigued. Who's going to replace Nick Saban? Boy, I tell you what, they, they can be doing a pretty good job, and the, the fans, the natives, are going to be restless. They're
2: going to be. Uh, he's always going to be compared to Saban.
0: Ten wins ain't enough.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't envy whoever ends up being that replacement because, like you said, how do you follow the greatest college football coach in history? um because whatever you do is probably not going to measure up unless you are somehow able to win that you know six national championships in a seventeen year span um it, he's he was an absolutely phenomenal coach and it's a um a you know sort of gosh earth shattering uh you know uh, shifting day in college football with him retiring, and, and in terms of who's going to be, you know, candidates, we'll, we'll have to see because there's going to be so many names thrown out. If you look at, you know, former Alabama assistants, I think Dan Lanning's an interesting one to consider from Oregon, um, yeah, somebody who's kind of from that tree. Um, you know, it, 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 I, I don't know. I don't have any intel on that. Just sort of, you know, maybe right, speculating there. Yeah, but speculating, but, the, yeah. but, but the, Wilson, uh, don't you expect the, this uh, to you know, happen quickly? no idea. Yeah. I mean, obviously they have to get a coach in <laughs> here as soon as they can, but yeah. Greg Byrne, the AD, they going to want to make the right hire, not a not a quick hire after going with Nick Saban. And the other thing is it's going to have reverberations throughout the sport, you know, because you know, the, the, whoever gets hired by Alabama, that position's going to have to get backfilled and that's probably going to be a major job opening. And then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera down the yeah. line, it's going to have to get positions backfilled and there's going to be staff that get uh, plucked from here and there as well as Alabama continues to fill it out because it is
1: um, one of the marquee jobs in the sport. Now, uh, Wilson, I want your opinion. I respect your opinion. I was talking to Mike about this. Uh, you know, because it's a new ball game. Uh, you look at, uh, you know, this 21st century, but how things have changed with name, image, and likeness, and the transfer portal. You can have unbelievable recruiting class. You got five-star guys, but everybody wants to play. They might not earn that right to play. So I'm leaving. So I don't know if you have. Like I'm just saying, over the next decade. I don't think it's going to be one team that would dominate. The closest would maybe be University of Georgia, because uh, now you got the expanded playoffs. I think if they went the postseason with twelve teams, they could uh, uh, have definitely made a statement. But we all know what occurred. But right now, I- I'm thinking it might give a lot more other teams opportunity because you can't keep everybody, even though you have a great recruiting class.
2: It's absolutely going to further create parity. I mean, that was already coming with Alabama. You know, hadn't won to you know, it hadn't been replaced at the top of the sport. But other teams have certainly risen up and been much more competitive over the last few years. And now, like you said expanded college football playoff, expanded SEC. It was already always hard to win a national championship in football. I mean, in any sport, but football brings its own, you know, challenges with how physical it is. And the, the you're going to end up being now playing more games in an expanded college football playoff, more chances to get tripped up on your way to a national title. It's going to be incredibly difficult to put together a dynasty like Alabama has for all the reasons, like you said, in terms of roster management, but also just in terms of getting through the schedule um, <laughs> and getting through the playoff unscathed is going to be incredibly difficult. And so, yeah, I have a hard time seeing what Nick Saban already did in, in this era of college football was unprecedented. And now in a new era that we're going into, it's even harder to imagine a, somebody like that replicating what he was able to accomplish at Alabama. Never say never, but it it would be an incredibly difficult task.
0: Wilson, uh, it, another time, another era, um, but... It reminds me a little bit of John Wooden walking away from UCLA basketball in the 70s where they were dominant. Uh, They were as dominant as what Saban was at Alabama in football. And then what happened to college basketball after I mean, it was like 52 pickup. I mean, well, everybody uh, had their uh, shot.
1: Now, 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 Wilson, like uh, Mike saying, I'm going to enlighten you because that was before you were born, Yeah, it was a little bit before you now, were uh, uh, born, uh, well, Let me tell hey, you. Little, we were just kids. Uh, uh, but uh, I remember I was in junior high, and, and you take it for granted, like uh, the, the John Wooden, and you look what he did at UCLA. And they remember freshmen couldn't play. They had a guy named Lou Alcindor. All of a sudden, freshmen can't play with the varsity. UCLA wins a national championship with Gail Goodrich and all. Then they play the freshman team and they lose by 12 points. <laughs> so only once they beat the national champs was so their, own, their own freshman the team. The freshman team. <laughs> yeah. Being. I'm like saying, you talk about, so I think that's kind of what Saban has done. As the far, college is, <laughs> in but it's a different century, world right.
0: of leaving. But I think there are some comparisons there the dominance of Wooden and UCLA in the 60s and early 70s.
1: like 70-some games in a row.
2: And then all (laughs) of
0: a sudden now, everybody had a shot, and I think you're going to see that more and more in college football.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think you will. And, you know, we're talking about here in L.C. country, L.C.'s got an opening right now. They've been leaving Alabama. They've got a chance here and a, and a good one if they can continue to head in the right direction to try to get themselves into the mix for another national championship.
0: Thank you, Wilson. Appreciate it. Great job you did today. And uh, we appreciate your time. And man, always great insights, buddy.
1: All right, Wilson. Thanks
2: for having me. Y'all have a good one.
0: All righty. Wilson Alexander who covers the LSU fighting Tigers for The Advocate and broke that story about Bo Davis leaving Texas to come to LSU. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,